This is episode number 141 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. Oh, how are you, ma'am? I'm Madame. good. I have an interesting tidbit about my body to share that I think might be helpful for other people. If tell you would us. like for me to tell us go about forth. Your, your body. Tell us about your body. <laughs> Let me tell you about my body. Okay, yeah. so um, I, I don't know if, how much I talked about over the course of the last few months that my headaches had been getting worse. And I had also been having a harder time sleeping. Mm. And these have been two issues that have dogged me for like pretty much my entire life. My problem with sleep is that I can fall asleep outright, but I usually wake up after four-ish hours, four or five hours, and can fall back asleep if I, like, eat a lot. But then I just, I hate that route. I can't tell you how much I hate that. I have to eat before I go to bed and then in the middle of sleep. And I hate it, but I was stuck to it. It was the only thing I could do to fall asleep. Uh, and it was starting to work less. And I did some research, and it turns out there's a neurotransmitter called GABA, which is very important. It's the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain. Like it shuts things off. And GABA deficiency is associated with a lot of things that I suffer from, including not being able to sleep through the night. Hmm. So I've long thought that I needed to work on my GABA and doing so actually made uh, my sensitivity to light and to noise much better. You know, for the last eight years, I haven't been able to go outside without sunglasses and or a hat on. Hmm. And now I'm like doing it cool. So I managed to do that. The first, the first thing I tried to increase my GABA was um, taking L-theanine, which is an amino acid, and it was great. Uh, but my headaches started getting worse in a different way, right? So my migraine headaches got better, but my muscle tension headaches got worse. And, oh, by the way, my sleep also got great. And then I was like, okay. And for I also added in uh, something I've talked about on this podcast before, serotonin FX, it's got tryptophan and uh, valerian root in it. And both of these, they're supposed to help serotonin and GABA respectively anyway. Um, and then my sleeping was even better, but my headaches were worse so bad every day, like intense muscle tension headaches. I couldn't even like move my head from side to side without, without feeling like painful stretching in my muscles. And I started to think, okay, well, maybe these supplements are a problem, but I was worried because I was sleeping well, right? I'm like stuck in this like trade-off where I like can either get headaches yeah. or, or sleep, you know, or not sleep. So anyway, um, I did some research and it turns out that L-theanine makes the body make tryptophan and I was taking tryptophan and tryptophan in the 1980s, they had to create the name of a new disease. I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm really sorry. Uh, for people that were taking tryptophan produced by this one company in Japan that like gave them such bad muscle stiffness and pain that they like died. <laughs> what? Yeah. And obviously that's not like happening right now because tryptophan is still available on the shelves, right? They think it was because of impurities in that particular brand. 
But I did some more digging and tryptophan is still associated with muscle stiffness and headaches. And so I stopped taking them and my muscle stiffness went away more or less. I'm still working on it. This was a week ago and my headaches went away, but I stopped being able to sleep because I was taking those things to sleep. And I was like, crap, that's exactly the word (laughs) crap. I'm sure Steph would say crap. I was like, crap. Uh, so I did some more reading and it turns out, okay, this is the part that actually matters. I'm sorry for talking for so long. turns out that, um, I've been taking magnesium because I thought that would help with my muscle tension and it has, and I've been taking natural calm. Yes. Which I, I just snapped yeah. and pointed my fingers at the computer screen. Uh, natural calm, which is great. I love it. Um, but it turns out natural calm and all other, almost every form of magnesium, but one can't cross the blood brain barrier. And so I've been taking magnesium like for years and trying to increase the magnesium levels in my brain and not really been able to right? and GABA deficiency. Right. So there's a a neurotransmitter called uh, glutamate, right? It's uh, actually the same thing like that's in MSG, right? Monosodium glutamate, right? Glutamine glutamate. It's like the precursor neurotransmitter in the brain. And in order to make other neurotransmitters, specifically the inhibitory ones like GABA, the body needs magnesium to make that happen. And I think this is why MSG wrecks me, right? Because if you have an excess of like your body just gets a bunch of glutamate floating around or your body, you know, is making it as a part of its normal brain processes, if you can't turn it into GABA, you're just going to be like incredibly anxious maybe depressed based on your personal physiology, uh, not sleep at all. So I started taking, I've taken um, a kind of, there's one kind of magnesium that was invented by a lab at MIT called magnesium 308. And I've taken it before, but I started taking much higher doses this past week and I'm sleeping better than I have in years. Mm. Uh, moral of the story is, sorry again, everybody, that um, magnesium threonate is the only kind of magnesium supplement you can take that can cross the blood-brain barrier. So if you're working with mental health issues or insomnia issues or migraine issues, like magnesium threonate is the thing. It's probably the ticket. Do you have a brand that you've been taking? Like... Uh, I used to take, I don't remember. I bought one like a couple years ago. Right now I'm taking, I'm in the UK. Let me pull it out of my bag. I carry it with me everywhere I go now. I'm in the UK and I'm taking Phoenix Nutrition Magnesium L3 Onate um, because there's not a lot of it here. I think there's more brands in the States. Um, but this stuff is, this Phoenix Nutrition brand is, is working for me. And when I feel like a migraine coming on, I take a couple, I break them open in my mouth because that speeds up absorption. Um, and I'm like, I'm okay. Okay, we'll look for something. I'll try to link it in the show notes. That's really interesting. If they definitely have tons of it on Amazon. We can link it. Okay, cool. Do you um do you know if that ch- if there's any brands that are like transdermal magnesium that would? Yeah, so I I've done transdermal magnesium a lot. Yes. Um, I don't think it gets into the brain. Okay. Uh, for, that is that is my understanding a transdermal magnesium is often magnesium oxide or magnesium i've got that with me too somewhere in this bag um (laughs) (laughs) you're like mary poppins over there basically i mean it's like i carry like i carry like my headache 
yes. bag. I've Emergency. Yeah. I, yeah. I carry natural calm with me in my backpack, you know, my hats and my sunglasses. Uh, I've got like a, a little like heating pad. Anyway. Um, so far as I know, uh, this magnesium three is the, is the best thing for the brain. And it's pretty well documented, like in science. Though Yay, people science. Yeah. It hasn't quite dis, it hasn't quite, the word hasn't gotten out to the rest of the, you know, sphere yet. Well, hell sphere. girl, you should write a, uh, a, a blog post e-book? on that. E-book. An ebook. <laughs> <laughs> write an ebook, sell it for $5. Yeah. I, um, really interesting. So that's cool. So we'll link to stuff in the show notes about that. Good Tanta. find, Steph. Good find. Are you? <laughs> Good. I really appreciate everybody's um, help. Uh, they've everybody has been reaching out to me and trying to help with my child issues. I just thank you guys for wanting to um, help me out. Everything's good, really good. She's great. I am getting back into normal life. I actually rode my bike for the first time since finding out I was pregs. Um, you can ride your bike while you're pregnant, but I just never felt comfortable doing it in downtown Philly. Um, and uh, anyway, so I rode my bike and I've been going to the physical therapist again just postpartum um actually that's a mess i join issues quote unquote kind of threw my back out and i think people can kind of understand what that means but you feel a little twinge and then all of a sudden you like can't move and so that happened for a couple days and i realized i really needed to start like engaging my core again and learning how to use my core so i went back to my same physical therapist who i love um, and we've been working on some very specific, you know, core postpartum exercises together. She does mobilizations on me, so it's been great. But it's very hard to, like, time this thing because it's, like, in the morning before my husband works. But Stella wakes up still, you know, either at 7.30 or at 8.30. And whenever she wakes up, she really she needs to eat right away. And so if she wakes up at 7.30 and then my appointment's at, like, 830 uh i have to really rush home to get back home because she doesn't still doesn't take a bottle um and yes i'm trying every day and i have a bunch of bottles um (laughs) but she still doesn't take a bottle so i have to like really be home within two and a half hours um otherwise she goes fussy pants so so that is so i've been doing little sprints on my bike it's been super fun and i'm really sore my hiney is sore but i'm like of course i feel the need to sprint through lights so I'm like coughing and my legs burn. I'm like, whoa, this is, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I did any sprint training, <laughs> but it's still fun. I love it. I love being on my back. Do you ride around um, Oxford? <laughs> yes, I ride around Oxford. Um, yeah, it's fine. People can get a little like, you know, so far as English people can get like outwardly confrontational mm. <laughs> they can when they bike in Oxford. Um, I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a university. So there's lots of people on bikes. That's true. That's true. Hey, any announcements from you? Uh, no, Clear Skin Unlocked. Still rocking it. Clear Skin Unlocked. Still rocking it. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> touchdown um <laughs> cool yeah well, well i'm sure we have been linking to that in the show notes but we'll link to that in the show notes as well hey i have a really fantastic and huge announcement um so we are we have a new sponsor for the podcast and i'm really excited about it because this is 
A wonderful organization that I have been using, and it saved my life, especially in the past three months, but I've been using this for probably the past two years, Um, Thrive Market. Most people are familiar with Thrive Market, but if you're not, it's an online store, and they have all the top premium healthy and organic products, Um, and they have all the products that I usually get from the grocery store, but without all those premium prices. So it's sort of like... Uh, the Costco of Whole Foods, except you shop in, you know, in your PJs with a cup of coffee and your bill ends up being about 50% less and it comes delivered to your door shortly thereafter. So I, it's literally saved my life in the last few weeks. I, I make, oh, uh, orders for everything and usually in the middle of the night. And, um, and I just, I just don't have the time to put the kid in the car who doesn't like the car seat and then go to Whole Foods and walk around Whole Foods and do all the shopping. So this has been a huge lifesaver. So I just consider it to be a mom's best friend. Anybody who asks me about one, saving money, but two, you know, like time saving um, tips, I always direct them to Thrive Market. So if you're wondering how Thrive Market sells all of these products at these wholesale prices, basically the deal is that Thrive Market cuts out all the middlemen and works directly with the brands. And then they pass that savings on to their members. And I actually got to meet a couple before Thrive Market even launched. I got to meet uh, one of the founders and he had been talking about this idea of like, hey, I want to open up an online store. This was at a conference. It was a very small conference that uh, was put on by, um, may, many people probably know, uh, Katie of um, wellnessmama.com. She put on a small little conference and I went and um, met uh, him there and he was talking about this idea and we all were like, what is this and when is it going to be ready? <laughs> when when are you launching? Because we all know how expensive, you know, premium grocery stores can be. It's It's super expensive and Um, if you really, if you want to get normal things like sriracha sauce or coconut milk or whatever, and, and have it be, you know, healthy, organic and non-GMO and, um, BPA free and all that stuff, you're, you're going to pay a premium, especially at, you know, natural grocery stores like Whole Foods. And so Thrive Market is seriously, I mean, they cut the prices down by 25 to 50% and you can just buy in bulk if you want. It's typically, you're always going to get free shipping because if you're just going to buy, you know, few items um you're gonna you're gonna qualify for free shipping and they they have really fast shipping so it's fantastic um it's kind of a win-win situation so just to give you an example of my uh last order i buy um i bought molly suds laundry detergent which i absolutely love i i used to make my own laundry detergent i don't have the time for that anymore so now i use the molly suds um because i do laundry every single day because spit up and blowouts um that's usually like I would pay like $13.99 for that. And on Thrive Market, it's uh, $10.99. Huge fan of Simple Mills. They have crackers and cookies, and I live off of those. And they have this almond flour bread mix, which is usually $7.99, which is a little steep. Um, but it's $5.99, the Thrive Market. Um, Jackson's Honest Potato Chips, which are cooked in coconut oil. Yes, I eat those a lot. The potato chips are $2.99 instead of $3.99. And I think the tortilla chips are like $4.99 or $4.95 instead of like six seventy nine or six ninety nine, um, and then they have you know I get everything poop bags for my dogs, um, Earth Mama Natural like nipple butters and uh, baby washes and stuff like that, and um, and then coconut milk. I buy of course all my coconut milk there, and um, you know it's like two thirty nine instead of three forty nine for my favorite brand, which is like uh, Native Forest Organics. So. 
Everything is um, there that you could ever think of, and I love it, and it's organized well, and it's tagged perfectly, and it's, so it's so easy to search and reorder items, and we'll be talking about them more in the weeks to come um, and giving you some some tips and ideas for saving money and saving time and all the things. So they are doing a special offer for our community um, for the podcast that we are so excited about. It's thrivemarket.com slash women. That's just all written out. Um and you'll get, this is a totally new offer. I was talking to them about this. This is something that they haven't offered anywhere else yet. It is $60 worth of organic groceries for free. So you get $60 worth of groceries for free, plus free shipping, plus a free 30-day trial membership. So y'all, you need to go take advantage of this because this is on top of the 25 to 50% off of the prices. So go to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. You can sign up there. You'll get that free trial membership. You'll get the free shipping and then you'll get the uh, $60 worth of organic groceries for free. I can't, I mean, big time. So I'm really excited about it. I know I'm really excited about it. It makes me almost wish I lived in America. (laughs) America. You will soon. You will (laughs) soon. So, so go check that out. We'll be talking about them in the, um, Weeks to come, I got some cool information on stuff they're going to be doing and new stuff they're coming out with, and it's super, super fantastic. My last announcement is that our podcast has a homepage. I'm trying to create a homepage for it so that people can come to this and learn about the podcast and just get quick links. So what uh, you can go to coconutsandkettlebells.com slash and then well-fed-women-podcast. Sorry, I know, it's a little long. But if you search Well-Fed Women Podcast, it should pop up but it will have a beautiful picture of stephanie and i and um places you know links for you to subscribe it'll have a link for you to submit a question and then what i'm trying to do is make sure that we are we have specific topics so like categories the categories that we talk about most are like hormones and body image and carbs and acne and stuff like that and so i have little links that you can click on that will show the most, uh, like all the posts in that category. So if you just want to listen to the podcast about hormones, or you just want to listen to the podcast about acne, you can see all of those there. And then we have a link to Thistle Farms, who we still donate 10% of sponsor proceeds to, and you can learn about them and then the latest episodes and all the things. So new branding, <laughs> new smiles, new faces. Good to know. <laughs> Question number one is from Michelle. I have a question about managing multiple passions slash work endeavors. I'm going into my last year of college and will be working on, oh, working as a software engineer after I graduate. I enjoy the work and I'm good at it, but I used to always second guess my degree slash career choice as I wasn't sure I was passionate enough about it. However, after the work I did this past summer, I discovered that I actually enjoy engineering on a day-to-day basis. Great, right? Yes, I'm glad I enjoy the career path I've chosen. But there's always a little voice in the back of my mind that has me thinking about how I could be pursuing my other passion, health slash fitness slash wellness. I'd love to eventually start a blog and share my perspective on wellness, but I'm not sure how I can balance work for my job and work on building something around my second passion. Is it possible for me to both work my regular nine to five nine to five job and put the time into getting more educated about nutrition and wellness without getting completely burnt out? How have you been able to balance or how could you recommend balancing working a regular job and putting time slash effort into becoming educated in the health and wellness sphere in order to make a difference? I'm worried that if I start pursuing something that isn't related to my work as an engineer, I'll either start putting less effort into my job or I won't be able to put enough time into learning about nutrition wellness in order to make something of it. My favorite 
flowers or sunflowers because they're just so happy enough to brighten my day when I'm feeling blah, but aren't so happy that they annoy me. <laughs> I like that assessment. My favorite <laughs> apples are empire apples. I pick in Maine. In the fall, my spirit angel is a honey badger. Nice. Nice, because I'm the toughest animal out there. Cool. Thanks for all you do. La-di-da. Cheers, Michelle. These questions are fun. I do like thanks this question. For, thanks for writing, Michelle. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like, you may uh, have a free internship at the Paleo 4 Women team. <laughs> I'm always, always excited to welcome free interns onto the team. Um, I'm joking. Kind of. I'm not joking. Sort of, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, I, I absolutely. I think it's possible. You know, it just it totally depends on like how driven you are, what you want to do, how you want to approach this, that sort of thing. Right. There are many people in the world, right, who like get degrees while they're working full time, mm-hmm. you know, p- part time or full time or say they have babies and they work full time jobs. Uh if you are managing to keep your stress in check and you're still sleeping well, I'm all about it. You know, give 16 hours a day to your projects. That's what I do, you know, um, when I can and when it's healthy. So I would say, yeah, absolutely go for it if you want to go for it. In terms of how, there are a lot of different ways. Uh, first and foremost, I would probably recommend just like familiarizing yourself with the space, especially if you want to like work in it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's totally a difference between like wanting to learn about stuff and doing that casually versus I am going to build a career in this someday. Uh, in both cases, I think probably the first thing to do is again, like, get familiar and figure out, like learn a bit of the content about the body and stuff, right? (laughs) Nutrition and science and the ancestral peoples and the like. And also, you know, like I mentioned, get acquainted with, I don't, uh, politics is not the right word. I would say get acquainted with sort of the way that people do things, right? There is a art and there is a science to making like these advocacy type platforms that Noel and I use work efficiently and get enough income to get by. Some people make a ton of money. Uh, that is <laughs> not quite where Noel and I sit. Somehow we didn't get on that train. <laughs> we missed that boat. Yeah. I would, I would argue in large part just because it's not our number one priority. Yeah. Um, We're not, not to, not, not to say no, that people yeah. who make a lot of money don't aren't doing it to help people because pretty much everybody I know is really invested in making a positive impact. So I would get acquainted with that, you know, and sort of just start to think about how you want to fit into that space or a number of different, you know, career options, so to speak. Uh, You could, for example, focus on like getting a particular certification and then using that to sort of build a reputation amongst your friends and by becoming friends with other bloggers um, for being good at what you do. And you could get this, you know, certification. You could be an NTP, for example, you could go to, I'm not sure I'd recommend the IIN, 
the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Um, but there are a number of different things, you know, different ways you can do this. An important thing about becoming networked is uh, that I highly recommend is promoting the work of people who are already more successful than you are. I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, if people ask me for help nowadays, if if I know that they have already been a fan of or helped me, I will be so eager to help them, right? Like, because mm. I know that they're like positive you know, contributors about this space and invested in it because they're passionate, not because they're trying to make money. Um, and also like, yeah, there's a lot of like, you help me, I'll help you sort of stuff going on in this sphere in which we work. Um, so that's important stuff. And then also, again, like think about what you want to do and what your strengths are, right? Do you want to, if you want to be a health coach, that's great. You have to also, unfortunately, either be good at marketing or hire somebody who is, um, you could also like join networks of people who like are NTPs or coaching. And then you, you could like just do the coaching and not have to worry about building a personal brand and enticing people to read your content. Right. Um, so those are all important things. I will say like, there's definitely business stuff and there's a lot of back end stuff. <laughs> like you could spend hours fighting with the footer on one page of your website, you know, not that we would know, <laughs> not that we would know. Um, and figuring out how to host websites and how to stream podcasts. Um, they're all like pretty technologically challenging, you know? And so before you dive into that, I think it's probably a pretty good idea to just get like acquainted with the space and, and how you want to fit into it. And I'll, I'll leave that. I've said enough. No, I think, think, I think that was fab. I, um, I would say absolutely. Yes. There's probably no better time to, prepare for your own business while you already have a full-time job where you're probably going to be making some good money um, because up front your business like if you want to transition out um, of what you're doing or you know or balance it maybe you do part-time you work as an engineer and then you do part-time you do your own thing whatever you know that desire or whatever that balance looks like for you eventually you know your new endeavors your new business is going to take money so yes I'd absolutely you know uh, recommend investing in some sort of certification process, a very formal education process. Of course, I'm a huge fan of the NTA. I think they have this nailed and they do such a great job. So Nutritional Therapy Association, I went through the program and became a nutritional therapy practitioner. It was an incredible foundation. And so I really do highly recommend it. And that that NTP certification for me, I think was a launching pad. It was very helpful for me because I felt confident. I felt like I knew how to work with people. I knew how to help people. And I, and I had a starting place. And so depending on that, you know, or depending on what then I was excited about and what was important to me, then I started educating myself further in more intense topics, right? And and began talking about things more. And that's when I then decided to take it a step further with fitness and got my, my personal training certification through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. So it was just these little micro steps. And like you, I mean, I probably could have written this exactly. I went through school. I got a marketing degree. I knew I I wanted, I loved marketing. I loved public re- relations, but I did not, 
I also loved health and fitness, but I didn't have any education in it. And so it was always something in the back of my mind. And me taking the step out to actually, you know, go to through the NTA's program and get my personal training certification, all that was so fulfilling, but it came, but it happened at the right time. So it was very nice for me to spend five or six years in the corporate world or not necessarily the corporate world, but working, you know, as a full time in marketing for, uh, you know, specific companies. That was awesome experience for me and that gave me time to kind of develop my own I don't know even my own philosophies on things to grow to uh, (laughs) learn skills like Stephanie was saying like how to start a website what that what hosting means and you know where a website lives and what the heck WordPress is and design tips. I mean, there there are things that if you want to have an online business or you want to help people, you're going to have to know. And so I remember sitting down and just writing out a lot of my questions. And I just started Google searching the heck out of things and started reading a lot of articles on starting a blog and starting a website. And I just made myself super, you know, just I mean, I took weeks and weeks. So it wasn't this pressure to like, I need to get this website up. It was like, let me figure out what it means to have a website and what it means to actually edit a website and where this thing lives and what that's going to cost. And and so I really actually spent months kind of familiarizing myself with that, building the website and then kind of writing articles before I even told anybody about it. And so I really highly recommend you do that. I think there's no better way. Give yourself the time, you know, invest some money in. And if you're passionate about something, you will you will find the time. You will find the time and you'll have the drive. And there's no better time than than right now if, if you don't. I don't think you have a family or kids or anything like that. Like, it doesn't seem like you're juggling a bunch of stuff. And so while, you know, a nine-to-five job is is important, it's still, you can go home and you'll still have the capacity to work and do the things that you love if you're passionate about it. I don't know how I have the time to do all the things that I do, but somehow it happens because I will, I make it happen, <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm excited about it. And when I'm doing the work, it doesn't feel like work. And sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't because I'm really excited about it and I'm excited about envisioning things. Like, you know, with writing the book, it was really hard having an, a four-week-old, but I was, you know, that it was a balance and it was a struggle, but it was still, I was excited about it. I would talk to Stephanie about things and we would converse and talk about design and how we want things set up and I would, you know, it was really, really exciting. And so, you know, and that would motivate me. That would, that would, it was, you know, positive vibes all around. And so, you know, making videos for Instagram is is fun and exciting and sharing stuff on Instagram is, is fun for me. And so creating content for that is fun. And so you find, you will find a way to do the things that you want to do if you're passionate about it, if you're excited about it, if it fulfills you. And so I would start right now just slowly integrating that into your life. Um, and I do think the NTA program is great for people who are short on time. I keep getting this question a lot, and I'm probably going to write a blog post about it. But I do think that, um, man, you know, I probably was like maybe 30 minutes to an hour um, a couple times a week. And then I'd spend maybe four to five hours um, between Saturday and Sunday to get the coursework done. Um, and, and it worked out and it was great. And sometimes there's workloads are a little heavier. Sometimes it's lighter, but you know, I do think that you can, you can get it done. Um, if you're really excited about it and you're like ready to consume the information, if you're, I mean, you're coming out of school, so it's kind of, 
you're used to that. You know what that means. You know what that that looks like. I think it's harder harder for a lot of people who are like, I don't, I haven't been to school in 20 years. You know, so um, I would shift into doing something like that and exploring that. If you have more questions about the NTA, you can of course reach out to me. But I think that they have a great website up and they got a lot of stuff going on. So um, yeah, and we used to do a promotional discount with the NTA if you write in well. Paleo Women Podcast or uh, Well-Fed Women, if you write that in the referral section, you may still get a $100 check um, to put towards your supplies. So go ahead and try that. <laughs> I think it still works. I've reached out to them and I'm talking to them about doing that just long term. Um, and I think that, that you could still do that. So, yeah. Go for it. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Question number two is from Stacy. Hi, lovelies. We will skip to the obligatory Apple teams. We will skip the obligatory Apple teams. Desert Island, Faith, Flower, and Spirit Animal because I'm sure Noelle has baby stuff to take care of. And let's face it, stuff is singing of where she will be dancing tonight. So question, I did rub, she's probably right with that. I did rubs, Rob Wolf's carb testing and was interested in my results and what they mean. About six months ago, I did the disgusting traditional blood glucose test through my doctor and my two-hour reading was 75 milligrams per deciliter, which, by the way, is great um she said she had a horrible headache for the rest of the day after i did this to rule out pcos as a cause of for infertility fast forward i did the carb test with sweet potatoes pinto beans white rice white potatoes and corn tortillas every test was below 100 except for the white potatoes at 106 on the days that my blood glucose tested low in the 80s, I was super hungry and had to have another breakfast for fear of the hanger. But on the days that my blood glucose tested higher, higher, higher 90s or 100, I felt great and I didn't feel like I needed to eat lunch, uh, eat until lunchtime rolled around. Granted, I had no proteins or fats when I tested, but I'm wondering if for my body to be happy, I need to be higher on the blood glucose spectrum. Thoughts or ideas as to why a higher blood glucose reading would make me feel better when all the literature says to stay away from spikes? Does this mean I get to eat all the carbs? Heck yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> let me, you know, let me preface this real quick um, for Stephanie, because I do have Rob's book. I don't think she does. But but his carb. So a couple things here. His his two hour carb test. You know, if you are below 115 milligrams per deciliter, by the way, his carb test is basically for seven days, you choose a carb. It's a set amount. It's like 50 grams. You eat that first thing in the morning before you eat anything else. And then two hours later, you prick your finger and you test your blood glucose and you see how your body individually responds to specific carbohydrates genius love the idea his whole thinking is that anything under 115 milligrams per deciliter is like a decent it's, it's good so one one all even though there's slight variations you have a very normal and like healthy response to all the foods you're eating i think um and i wouldn't worry actually about any of them but I do see you gave us some more, you know, interesting side tips about you. Wait, can I just, she yes. said that she's 78.64 and 21 paleo and 21.36, not paleo. Yes. I thought that Go was very you. funny. She does. And in her other, the other thing she says is uh, light workout activity, you know, infertility um, caused from diminished ovarian reserves. Interesting. Eats lots of protein and fruit for breakfast. 
No history of diabetes in family. Um, okay, so the light workout. So exercise can affect this as well. So if you're like, it doesn't seem like you're doing anything highly stressful, but if you're working out before some, before this carb test, that can definitely affect it. So that's one thing to think about. I don't know if you thought about that. Um, or if you're working out in, in the evening before and that workout is like a highly stressful workout. The last thing that I'll mention that's a variable here is what did you eat the night before and at what time? Now, when I was doing testing my blood glucose for pregnancy, I would find that my fasting glucose would be much lower if I didn't eat late. So there were for my birthday, I was actually it was over my birthday and we ate pretty late. We ate around nine or 10 o'clock and I had some, you know, I don't know, gluten free cookie cake or whatever. And my blood glucose was higher and I felt better in the morning. Now, on the days where I ate and didn't eat again after, you know, 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8, my blood glucose fasting was definitely much, uh, much lower. And I was a little bit more shaky and hungry when I took that test. So I think that absolutely what time you ate, what you ate the night before can have maybe minimal effects on this. And we also have to remember that glucose monitoring can have just a a slight variance um, in accuracy. So all of your responses, number one, are great. I think the fact that you feel better eating certain carbohydrates is what I would go off first and foremost, since none of the numbers... Go above anything, you know, that's not dangerous, but like alarming. So I would, I, if you feel better and you feel more satiated eating specific carbohydrates and you like, yeah, girl, go for it. You know, um, if you want to continue to do this carb test and make sure that your response doesn't go over a specific amount, then that might be something if that's something that interests you. But in general, I don't think you have a blood sugar issue. I think that your response is pretty normal to all the things. And if you needed to eat a little bit more, that might be because you maybe, you know, that might have a little bit of variance based on what you ate the night before. Um, But in general, you know, we don't, I don't recommend eating 50 grams of like rice for breakfast, you know, like that. I don't think that that's going to serve anybody um, in the, I think you could do a lot better if you added some protein and had some eggs and, you know, did a couple things and had a variety of foods, not just like a big old whack of white rice. So, so what are your thoughts, Steph? <laughs> I think that all sounds good. I think, yeah, I think this is totally fine. Yesterday at dinner, I got a little piece of cake for my friend and I, and I ate, I was going to share it with her, but she was late. So I ate the whole thing. And <laughs> Wait, you got it for uh, her, but then you ate it? Yeah, well, she didn't know I got it for us, so she there was nothing for her to be disappointed about. Um, <laughs> and I felt uh. so good all night. Like, I just, and I, I never crashed, you know? I never really suffered from, like, a, a big down. Um, I think, like, definitely our blood sugar levels go in waves. Mm-hmm. But I also think, like, the emotional, like, fear and the weight that we ascribe to blood sugar fluctuations in like a lot of the health sphere is just like, it's a little bit exaggerated, you know? Um, It's also, I think, you know, fair to consider our circadian rhythms as well, right? Like I think a lot of people experience like big blood sugar crashes or big waves of tiredness, say during the middle of the afternoon, and everybody like panics about that, but that sort of syncs with their circadian rhythm. And so it's entirely possible that 
like you're killing it with this amount of blood sugar earlier in the day because like you have the good healthy this is healthy good high cortisol levels in the morning that are carrying you through your blood sugar levels falling off until lunch um that's sort of what i would maybe perhaps guess is happening um but yeah like sugar in the blood can feel great and if you're not crashing later like i'm all about it wonderful question number three is from stephanie hi ladies i am going to be moving soon to madrid spain and i'm wondering what tips you have for maintaining a paleo-ish lifestyle while living abroad I am a dancer of the Latin variety and plan on partaking in that community while in Madrid. Oh my God, is she me? I think she's your twin, but I worry about the negative effects it could have on my sleep and overall well-being. The Spanish go out late, 12 or 1 a.m., which is when my nights here in the States are typically winding down. How can I transition to the Spanish lifestyle while remaining healthy, working out, and getting enough sleep? I greatly appreciate any tips and insights you have on this and look forward to hearing Stephanie's perspective as she lived in Spain and does all the dancing. Thank you. I have a friend in Boston who dances and is who, move, and who is moving to Madrid right now. Ooh. So this is interesting. Yes. Hi, you as well, friend. So uh, I lived in uh, Seville, Spain, which is actually quite a bit different than Madrid. Uh, Madrid is large and it should have it will have big supermarkets and it will probably also have like organic natural health food stuff supermarkets if you speak spanish i think you're gonna be like pretty set to find anything that that you would eat in the states i think almost definitely um if you're if you don't have great spanish it's just gonna be hard to read the nutrition labels and that could just take some practice you know you sort of learn the words for oil and the different kinds of oils uh, soy, dairy, like if you have problematic stuff that you're trying to avoid, learn the words for those and then, you know, take a take a look at the labels. Um, and I honestly, yeah, I think you'll be totally fine. The olive oil in Spain is great, right? You can get um, really high quality stuff, uh, probably better than you can get in the States, right? You can either buy it from like a local shop. I often saw local like olive and olive oil vendors while living in Spain. Um, you could also get it off of a supermarket shelf and be totally fine. What else? Uh, they have a uh, more like whole animal stuff, which is interesting. You know, I think I might've talked about on the podcast that I could buy a whole rabbit, you know, and I did oh, that yeah. once a week and I just got like all the organs I needed and it was wonderful. It yeah. was so great. Um, yeah. So I'm all about that. Um, I'm certain that they have coconut products. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I just, I, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about in terms of being able to find foods that are good for you in terms of the sleeping schedule. I think honestly that you'll be okay if you want to stay awake late and sleep late, right? I would, I would say it's all right to stay awake late so long as you can still get the sleep that you need. Um, and darken your room, you could be totally fine. Now, I know certain people who like really the quality of their sleep just like gets wrecked by having light in the room, um, like very smart thinkers about health and sleep. But most people tend to do okay. And I am like very careful about only living in spaces in which I can make it reasonably dark. My The space that I'm living in right now, I brought my own curtains and I had to hang them up on the curtain rods that like were different than the curtains that I have. And I like broke everything and I unscrewed everything from the walls and the landlord's like wants to come visit. And I'm like, no, cause I haven't, <laughs> cause I haven't fixed it yet. 
but I have like um I have like clothes like stuffed along the top of the curtain so more like can't get in anyway. Uh, I think that if you go to sleep like when it's dark, then you're good. You know, don't let the sun come up. Go to sleep. Try to go to sleep when it's dark. Um, if you're going to go to sleep really late, I do recommend taking a small amount of melatonin. Your body produces more melatonin when it's dark when you sleep. So if you're going to sleep later and you're sleeping when there's some light, you might need a little bit of extra melatonin. And I don't mean this necessarily to maintain your sleep, but because melatonin is a really potent antioxidant that's important for your body and like for fighting DNA damage and all of the things that can come from that. So I recommend that. Um, I recommend definitely if you're going to be dancing at night to, uh, I used to do it every day. That was fine. I think it's a, it was not an insignificant part of, you know, my sleep issues. Wind down afterwards, give yourself some time. If you need a little bit of snack, definitely have a snack before you go to sleep. Um, that'll sort of help your body ramp down from all of the rabid, you know, middle of the night, break of dawn activities. Um, and yeah, I think you'll be okay. It's definitely personal variance, right? It's definitely up to your personal sleep needs and your stress needs and your work and your food. But I think it's totally, um, totally possible. And the Spanish people, you know, like they eat at night all the time and they're just like, they're totally chill. It's totally fine. Um, it's sort of like that whole French paradox thing, right? They're like, Oh no, the French, they're so thin and they eat fat. And it's like, Oh no, the Spanish, they eat late. And they're like, they're still healthy, you know, cause everybody in America is so afraid of eating food late at night, but you'll be totally fine. Um, or should be. And if you're not right again, and I will address this again. Yeah. All I could say is mindset wise, just relax about it. I think that the worst thing we can do, the most detrimental thing we can do is freak out about not getting sleep uh, from personal experience, this like is a mind screwy thing for me is like if you were like, oh, my gosh, I only got five hours of sleep last night. Then you like you kind of manifest the state of, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. And then that's kind of like how you live your life. And you didn't you didn't think I don't know, like I, I didn't sleep very much last night. So I was up a lot. And it's like I just stopped counting how many hours I actually slept and just moved on with it. And some days I feel cruddy. And some days I'm like, yeah, I guess I didn't sleep much last night, but I get to go to sleep again tonight and we'll figure it out. So um, and I used to do this before Stella. It was like if I went to bed late um, and had to get up super early, I'd be like really focused on, well, how much sleep can I get? And you know, what, how much sleep did I get? And I would be, that kind of would screw me up at night. And sometimes I'd be thinking about that. And then I wouldn't be able to go to sleep because I was wired, but tired. And, um, so just roll with it. And if you're like, you know, this happens too, when I, I like, I've been nervous to like give presentations or stuff and, um, yeah, you can't just sit there and think about the sleep you didn't get. If you don't sleep one night or two nights or, you know, whatever, three months, you just kind of got to get up and roll, <laughs> roll with it and not, not freak out about the sleep you didn't get because you can't change it. So um, so just do your best to take care of yourself and, and relax when you have the time to relax and take naps if you can. Um, and I think your body, bodies are pretty resilient. I mean, they transition really quickly and, and they can handle a lot. Um, at the same time, you have to be very cognizant of when your body stops functioning appropriately because of the stress you're putting it under. So just be aware of, you know, some of the signs maybe of, hey, I do need, I need, need to focus more on 
better, you know, like eating lots of good foods, maybe reducing stress in other areas, that sort of thing. So, so yeah, that's it. Anything from you, Steffi? No, I am good. Wonderful. So that's, that's it. That's all from us. If you want to follow us on Instagram, I believe the new handle is at WellFedWomen. Um, and if you're already following us at Paleo Women Podcast on Instagram, that is just going to transition over. You don't have to follow the new the new stream. So you're already in. If you want to send us a question, uh, send it to wellfedwomen at gmail.com. And if you want more from me, you can go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. For more from Stephanie, go to paleoforwomen.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.